I have a few different <clears throat> chapters that I'll be taking this from today. And I'll be starting with Luke 8:26, And I will read from 26 to Luke chapter 8, verses 26 to 39. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it says, And they arrived at the country of Gathering, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the certain city a man, which had devils a long time. And wear no clothes, neither abode in any house but in tomb. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him. And with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and fetters, and he broke the band and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many, because, he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on a mountain. And they besought him that they would suffer them to enter into them, and he suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. When they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it to the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of, <clears throat> out of whom the devils were departed, <clears throat> excuse me, sitting at the feet of Jesus clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They also which saw, saw it told them by what means he that was possessed of the devils was healed. Then the whole multitude of the country of the gatherings round about besought him to depart from them. For they were taken with great fear, and he went up into the ship and returned back again. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thy own house and show how great things God has done to thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. That is such an awesome story. That's an awesome story. This man, this was really bad. This man was in a horrible situation when we started. And then in the end, you see where Jesus totally healed him, totally freed him. This man was, he was so possessed. He, he asked, Jesus asked, he said, what is your name? And they, they, they talked back and they said, Legion, for we are many. So this man was in a horrible situation. This is an awesome story to tell someone about the, the, the transforming powers of Jesus Christ. If he can do this to a man that was possessed with God, God only knows how many demons he could do this for anybody. All right, so first we have the demoniac of Gadara. Now, if you look in, I wanted to also mention this as well, but... Um, in, in Luke 8.26, I noticed that Dr. Luke, okay, Dr. Luke has one demoniac, but if you look in... Um, Matthew 
It says, and when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gergesene, there met him two devils, two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. See, here in, in um, Matthew 8.28 says 2, and as we're reading Luke 8.26, it says 1. There was one, so I wanted to just bring that out and let you notice that. Now, after calming the waters... And showing people that he had power even over nature, Jesus then arrived at the country of the Gadarene. Now, before this happened, Jesus, he was showing his powers. Jesus was was doing things to, to, to show people that God is powerful, that he is God and God is powerful. He had already calmed the sea. He had calmed the waters. Everyone was afraid, and they called out, Jesus, Jesus, and he calmed the waters. So here, now he's doing another work of the kingdom, okay? He came upon the country of the Gadarenes, and uh, this country was allegedly named after Gad, one of the tribes of Judah. They raised swine for the Romans, which was a way for them to make money, okay? Jews the Gadarenes didn't eat pork of any kind. So they were raising this for the Romans. They were raising these hogs for the Romans, okay? And Jesus came to help his people, not to ruin them and to show them a better way in this story. Okay, now first of all, I have a question. Why would Rome ask the Jews to raise hogs for them and the Jews can't even eat them? Okay, it makes you wonder. If Jews don't eat pork, why would the Romans have them raising pork for them? This also can bring temptation into the Jews. You have to be very careful. Your enemy could have you doing something that could lead you into temptation. And a lot of people do things that they have no business doing, mainly for money. And this is how a lot of people are led into temptation, for money. And they say, well, I'm just doing this to feed my household. I'm just doing this to put food on the table. But are you going against the law, your laws, the law of God? And here it was the law of Moses, but are you going against the law of God to do this thing? The enemy will pay you to do something against your laws. So we have to be very, very careful that we see a lot of that going on in a world today where people are going against their customs and going against their own, the law of God to do things. It's always, seems like it's always about money. Okay, now the Jews' custom at that time was to bury the dead, which took a year or so. They oiled and wrapped the body and they left it there for a year until, the, until it became bones. And then they would bury the bones and so forth. They would take care of it and bury the bones. Now, they left the body there that long, in case you're wondering, just in case the body would rise up from the dead. And here we have a man living in, living in the catacombs, living in, it says, the tomb. When you see that he was among the tombs, that, it's not exactly like our graveyards today okay these were like little caverns he was living in little caves okay and this is where the demoniac was staying and people were afraid of him he looked 
he just he, he looked crazy. He was he had a wild look about him, and he was he, people were afraid of him. He was in chains. Did you ever watch those movies on TV where there's like a ghost in the house or something, and they always have him rattling chains? Okay, this is what this guy was doing. He was rattling chains, and he just he, he was he had a, a, a frightful appearance. If you remember, that was in Matthew eight twenty two that I was on earlier. This is why. Uh, when the man asked Jesus, he said he wanted to follow Jesus. He said, but let me bury my father. Let me first bury my father. The reason that he said that is because Jesus told him, he said, let the dead bury the dead. And the reason that he told that is because of uh, their custom in that day. It took a year. It took a year to bury their dead. And Jesus wasn't being mean to the young man, but he was ready to go. He wasn't going to wait an entire year for this man to bury his father. So in case people wanted to know, well, that seemed kind of mean for Jesus to say that. That's why he said that. Now, demoniacs, as I said, there's two of them in the other text, and there's one in this one. They were filled with demons because they were in a place where demons stayed. Now, in this place where there's all dead bodies wrapped, demons stayed in that place. Like it was known for demons staying there around the dead bodies. You know, the the enemy is always looking for a body to use. Remember that, always looking for a body to use. And this is and what happened was the men the men had gone up in this place and became possessed with these demons. They the demons possessed them. They were living. Why 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 take a dead body when you can have a living body? And that's why the legion for we are many. They were literally using this man's body. Okay, and he allowed them to. He needed help. The man knew he needed help. But he, there's no one around to help him, so he just went with the flow, okay? Amen. So this is what happens whenever people get into um, certain things and they become possessed. They just go with the flow, okay? And sometimes they want to get out of it, and some people, they, they enjoy that evil. They, they think that they have power, and they don't realize it's only temporal power, Okay? The reason that the demons stayed around these bodies is because the blood was still in the bodies. They didn't drain the blood like we do today. They inhabit bodies all around. God only knows what they did to those bodies. That's something to think about as well. God only knows what they did to those bodies. Our graveyards are different now than they were then. We, we pray in our gra- over our uh, dead, and we visit our dead, and, and we bless the, the grave, and it's different now than it was in those days. And most people didn't have, people didn't go around this place because they were afraid of the demoniacs. They were afraid of them, and you can understand why. But Jesus went. Jesus goes places where people dare to tread. He went. He was unafraid. And he had no fear. He went just like he went to the well to save the woman. He is now going to the tombs to save the man. Jesus has no fear. He's not afraid of evil. And that's why he tells us in the word, have no fear. We can have no fear in ministry 
If you are in the ministry of any type of ministry for God, whether you're well-known or unknown, God does not want you to have any fear. And we're, and we're not even supposed to have fear of each other. No fear of anything. This is what Jesus did. Jesus didn't have fear of the man. He didn't care what, 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 what was the, what the, what inside the man, how many demons the man had. He went anyway. Have you ever heard anybody say, oh, I, I, don't, I don't hang with so-and-so. I don't talk to so-and-so. He has a spirit. There's just something about him. She has a spirit. And people always say they have a spirit. Well, there's a spirit about them. Well, make, makes you so perfect as well. Amen. None of us are perfect. Now, see, I've heard people say it before. I, oh, she, she just has a certain spirit about her. I don't, I don't talk to so-and-so too much. Well, you know, Jesus wasn't worried about it. He wasn't afraid. Shouldn't we be like him as well? When people say that, they're showing fear. What is wrong with casting that spirit out of the person that you were talking about. You know, you don't have to scream and shout. You can say it under your breath. You have the power of God in you. And what you bind on earth is bound in heaven, and what you uh, loose on earth is loosed in heaven. If somebody has an odd spirit, you believe somebody has an odd spirit, bind it. Bind it quickly and keep it moving. Hold a, hold a conversation. Talk about what you're going to talk about. You know, we show too much with timidity, too much fear. Okay? Uh, God's people, God's true people who believe in him. It depends on your belief. God's true people believe in the power of God. You're not afraid to touch somebody with measles thinking that you're going to get them as well. This, you know, a lot of people, I've heard, I've heard people say, I just want to heal. I want to heal people. Okay? I want to be a healer. How are you going to be a healer if you are afraid to go around people that have flus, colds, coughs? How are you going to be a healer if you're afraid to touch somebody with dermatitis or, or some kind of skin condition? How are you? I remember there was times where we didn't even know here in America we could drink out of this, how are you going to be a healer with fear? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I, I hate to say this, but uh, there's a lot of, uh, I can say a lot in this instance. There's a, there's been a lot of preachers throughout the years that called themselves healers and have been exposed to be safe and fraud. They weren't really healing at all. There, there's one preacher who used to come on TV years ago, and he healed people, and after he healed them, he would have their liver in his hand, and, and then he would have their heart in his hand. He always showed what he, you know, it, it, it was odd. And sure enough, a, a company came along, one of those television production companies came along, like 2020 or something, I forget who it was, it came along, and, and they had secret cameras and everything, and exposed him. They found out this man I almost hate to tell this story, but it's a true story. This man, I won't mention his name. In fact, there was more than just one. But they went, they had hidden cameras and found out this man was literally showing animal livers, animal parts. And he had gotten parts from different places, various places, and was showing the people their liver and their lungs. It, may, it makes you wonder how people get away with this. And then they sent the people. They sent the ones that were allegedly healed, they sent them to the doctors, and the doctors found out that they were still sick. The people weren't even healed. So be careful.
of those people who say they have healing power. Everybody that says they have it doesn't have it. You will know when God heals, just like my dermatitis. I had dermatitis on my hands when I was a little kid. And it was so bad, I would get like clear bumps on my hands. And it would itch really, really bad. It's like having poison oak all of your life for years. And I would scratch them. And I would scratch my hands until they cracked open and busted open and start bleeding. And I had to run my hands under hot water to stop them from itching. And my hands were so bad that when I went to school, kids would tease me. They said, ooh, is that catchy? And I said, no, it's not. It's dermatitis. And I would put my hands underneath my thighs while I was sitting in a chair to hide them from people. I was afraid for people to see my hands. To this day, the skin on my hands look older. It it looks older than what it's supposed to be because I ran so much hot water over my skin when I was younger. But then I prayed to God. I was fasting one time, and I prayed to God. And I said, Lord, please get rid of this dermatitis. I bind this dermatitis in Jesus' name. And I said, I've had this too long, and I am your child, and I know you don't want me to have this. And sure enough, I looked at my hands. When people say this happened immediately, they're not lying. I looked at my hands, and a dermatitis was gone, and my hands were clear as I stood in that church. It happened that fast. God is a healer. When God heals you, You don't need anybody else to tell you that you were healed. You are healed. Now, let's talk about a devil's appearance. Now, when someone, if you've ever noticed someone who's mentally insane, I mean, we're speaking of insanity here. They have a wild appearance. So you can imagine that this demoniac, he just, he looked wild. He just had a wild appearance, wide, shifty eyes, wide eyes, okay? You'll notice if you see a person who's uh, kind of nervous and their eyes shift back and forth and they can't, uh, they can't seem like they can't concentrate, they can't hold still, that could be a sign that they are possessed. Unexplainable movements. When they have unexplained jerking movements, okay, unless it is a physical, something physical that they are going through, like the one actor jerks because he has a physical condition, but we also know God doesn't want him to be like that either, all right? And naked. Notice the Bible says that the demoniac was naked. Who could get? When you are going through mental issues like that, when, when insanity, uh, the demons take over you, no one cares about clothes. The last thing on their mind is clothes. And they're naked. It says he ran up to Jesus, and this man was naked. Can you imagine what he looked like naked with chains? Usually, nakedness makes most of us ashamed. This man showed no shame. Did you, did you ever see a person that does something wrong and shows no shame? Like they don't care? They're possessed. There's something using that person. Because most of it, I know nakedness makes humans ashamed. Make me ashamed. Even a three or four year old child, when a child's sitting on a potty chair and you walk in on them and they say, No, not now, mommy, I'm naked. You know, I'm naked. The kid knows they're naked. They don't even want their parents to see them with no clothes on. Three or four years old. And this man's grown man with no clothes on. This goes to show that the enemy will expose your shame. Think about that in your life. The enemy will expose your shame. The enemy will have you doing something that you will normally not do. A person who's possessed, this is what happens to them, they they will begin to do things that they would normally not do, which shows they are not, as, as God shows us in the Bible a million times, not in their right 
mind. There's a right mind and there's a wrong mind. Okay, we know about the hither, thither, thuses and thous in the Bible. Okay, but let's be real. Put it in our terms. This is what God wants us to do to understand it in, in, in our day to day. The way we talk, the way we live, there's a right mind and there's a wrong mind. And when somebody is not in their right mind, that is not of God. This man was tortured. He was cutting himself. and He wasn't cutting his throat. He wasn't trying to kill himself. This is what the enemy will have. The enemy will torture us as human beings to the point where we're not even killing ourselves. We're just, there are people who, people who are tortured. This man was cutting himself. He wasn't drinking poison, trying to die. He was just cutting himself. The enemy uses your body with every ounce of energy that they have, okay? And cause you, that's why it's called torture. And, and the enemy will cause you to live with it. There are some people who want to die and can't. If you remember, Job cursed the day he was born. He was going through so much. It had to be bad. This man was a threat to all who saw him. It was, it, the enemy uses intimidation. It was an intimidation tactic. They're not killing themselves, but they are, but they are exposing fear unto you. It's a stay away tactic. They're, they're bringing fear into you. Now, see, when Jesus walked up to him, Jesus was supposed to be scared, but they had the wrong one. Amen. They had, this is what happens when... <laughs> Amen. This is what happens when Jesus, when, when, when the Holy Spirit, when God is in you, which I would like for you to know that today in case you didn't know that. Stop listening to other people. God is in you. And start acting like God is in you. Get rid of the fear. When the enemy tries to show himself, you remember on Jurassic Park, that movie Jurassic Park, they had that little, uh, that little uh, uh, dragon, whatever he was supposed to be, and he ran up to the man, and he looked all cute and fluffy, and the man was getting ready to pet him, and his bills came out on his neck, and he made a weird noise and ate the man. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, this is what, what the enemy does. He uses a stay-away tactic. Stay away from me. It's like certain, like cobras or whatever, certain snakes. You walk up to a snake and he doesn't want to be bothered. He will blow up. <clears throat> he, he, will, he will rise up and, 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 and his, uh, his, his whole head will, will, will get bigger. That is a scare tactic. But Jesus didn't care. <clears throat> okay? When you have people who act like this and do these things, like the cutter, the man was cutting themselves, um, when you see cutters, people who cut themselves, they need deliverance. God does not want you to sit around cutting on your flesh. If you're not trying to get out a staple or if you're not trying to get out a, a, a little piece of wood, a splinter or something, you're not supposed to be cutting on yourself. But if you're not a doctor trying to heal somebody, it's wrong. Now, the, the, the uh, demoniacs are lawless and they look like it. Have you ever seen on TV when, when the news comes on and they show that somebody that got captured, somebody was had killed state policemen or something or whatever, the shooters in these, uh, the people are going around just shooting people in, in movie theaters and walking in churches and shooting people. Well, look at their face. <clears throat> when they show them on the news, look at their face. They look wild. They're lawless. They don't care. Demons are using them. 
they don't care that they just shot 25 people, okay? They, they have an odd look to their face, glazed over eyes. They have that Charles Manson look. They might have feces, matted hair, okay? This man that we're talking about here, he, he, he had broken chains. I mean, how, what kind of person, unless you're at a circus with a strong man, who else is going to walk around with broken chains on him? So obviously the chains couldn't hold him either. What are you going to do? If you don't have the, the, the blood of Jesus, you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you're not going to do nothing to that man. All you can do is run, okay? Raggedy mouth, don't take care of their teeth, don't take care of their mouth. Can you imagine what the breath was like? Looking crazy skin, uh, discolored skin, okay? You know, wild stare and crazy actions. You know, um, we as humans try to take care of our mouth the best that we can. Those who are in our, our right mind, okay, those that are in our right mind. I tell you, even I have a, a gap in the bottom of my teeth, in my bottom teeth. I have an, a, a natural gap. It's been there for years. If you look at a picture of me from, from 30, 30 years ago, so you will see there's a gap there. It just got bigger as I got older. But I have a natural gap in, in the bottom set of my teeth. And people think that it's a missing tooth. Now, I'm in my right mind. I don't like that gap. <laughs> just, I don't like the appearance of it. It doesn't look right to me. So, therefore, I went to the dentist, and I got it taken care of, okay? Now, because it was bothering me. These people who are possessed could care less about gaps, loose teeth. I've seen people who were possessed where their teeth were moving in their mouth. Their teeth were so bad, the teeth were moving as they talked. It's a raggedy mouth. And if a gap bothers me, you know... That, that I, there's no way I'm going to go any further than that, okay? I took care of that. I, if people kept saying, oh, you know, she's got a, a tooth missing, and, you, and people just stare at you when you're talking. They look down at that gap, <laughs> that gap okay? It wasn't a missing tooth. It was a gap, and I took care of that. But these people could care less about their appearance. Jesus did not care. It didn't scare him. In the Bible, Jesus said, fear not, fear not, fear not. Jesus, uh, scholars of the Bible said that fear not is in there 365 times, which to me is one a day for the entire year. So there's importance behind that. And in verse 28, it says, when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down uh, with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee? Now, in the other scripture that I told you, says, what have we to do with thee? Jesus, thou son of God, most high, I beseech thee, torment me not. <clears throat> now, when, when you're possessed, when someone is possessed, I'm not saying you are, but when someone is possessed, they speak for the person. They speak for that person. It's not always that person that you're talking to. In fact, most of the time, that person is possessed because something took over. They're captured. And a lot of times they cannot speak. So when you're talking to a person, you have to be very careful the conversations that you hold because you could be talking to demons instead of that person. It wasn't mainly the man talking or the men talking. This is what have I to do with thee? See, they, not he, but they asked Jesus. The man needed delivered. The man inside needed and wanted to be free. And Jesus knew it. They said, Legion, for we are many. Jesus knew it. I saw 
a movie one time where a man was possessed. I don't watch movies like that anymore. So, you know, that had to be a long time ago. I don't, I don't like that stuff. You got to be careful what you want with your eye gates and your ear gates. <laughs> but years ago, I saw a movie where someone was possessed. I think it was a girl. And they took over her so bad that when the priest came to help her, um, she was writing from the inside of her body onto her skin. And the words, help me, would pop up on her skin. Just like writing on a chalkboard. She was writing, help me, from the inside. And this is what it's like when a person is, is possessed like that. They cannot control themselves something has taken over something has taken control there are so many people in this world that are waiting on you waiting on us to help free them from torment there are people all around the world to help that need help with freedom from torment there are some congregations crying out to be free sometimes you can have a dead church because you're under demonic leadership and vice versa. Sometimes the leadership can be godly, but the people, the congregation, choose to go their own way. Just ask Aaron, Moses' brother. The people wanted a golden calf. They wanted to change their financial system. He went along with it. The enemy is out to destroy your finances anyway. If you think about it, there's a lot of people, one of the main things, it seems two of the main things that I've noticed throughout the years that the enemy likes to destroy before anything else is your, your heart, your love life, which includes family, and your finance. Without finances, the family can't make it. Without love. The family can't make it. And without Jesus, nobody's going to make it. Take it to the Lord. I, I read a book years ago by Terry. Um, I can't, I want to say Terry Thomas. I can't think of her last name. And the book was, he was all right. You know, she talked about commanding demons, I mean, de uh, angels. Tell you, you get an angel for this and an angel for that. And when you need this in your life, just write a note on a piece of paper and do this and do that or whatever, and the angel will deliver this to you. And, and I'm, I know, I don't play with that. I don't play with that. I have been studying uh, about angels a lot lately and, um, and um, devils. And, 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 I, and I, something led me. I was, I was doing research the other night, and I was looking for one thing. And I was looking for, I had had a dream about a beautiful gate, and God showed me two words, and I had forgotten what the first word was. I read, well, what I did was I wrote it down. I woke up out of my sleep, and I wrote that first word. I wrote those words down on my tablet next to my bed, but strange thing. The pen just happened to not work that night. And I remembered the word gate, but I had forgotten the first word. Well, God has since showed me the first word, uh, which I'm not going to tell here because it turned out to be extremely personal, and I thank him for it. It was wonderful. But as I'm doing my research, I'm looking up the word gate, and I ran into, um, I don't know how I got there. You have to be, care be careful with Google. Okay, Google good. I mean, don't get me wrong, but it's all right. But Google is not God. You've got to be very, very careful. <laughs> everything, everything that Google says is not always right, okay? Like, like God says in the Word, a blending, a mixture of right and wrong. I have no idea how I went from gate to, because I was trying to 
see, maybe I can, the word that I was looking for would be on there. I went from gate to commanding angels and demons and Solomon's seal and, and, and this and that. And they, they, these people were talking about, it, it goes far, the Tetragrammaton and Solomon's seal. And, they, and now they're saying that King Solomon took his dad's um, star the Star of David, the Mega David, they call it, and he turned it into his own seal, and he put it, he put it on his ring, and he sealed everything with it. Now they're saying that Solomon knew how, he had the wisdom and the know-how to command demons and angels. The Solomon seal is allegedly um, used in magic. Now you tell me, how are you going to command demons and angels? And like I was saying about that woman who wrote that book that I was reading years ago about angels, I can't wish I could remember the name of that book. But I read that book, and, and you got to be careful because it, it was kind of nice. <laughs> it wasn't nice to my flesh, but it wasn't saying too much to my spirit. All right? And these people are talking about, you know, call an angel for this and call a devil for that and call a demon for No, I will not. Any, put it this way. I didn't create them, which means they don't have to listen to me. They can do anything they want. They can make it look like they're going to help you. doesn't mean they're going to help you because you're not their creator. You're not their boss. God is the boss. God created everything. And if you need something, if you need love in your life, if you need finance, be careful because I'm telling you, money seems like it, the heart and money seems like it's the first things that the enemy uses to, to, you know, to, to hurt people, Okay. If you need anything, no matter what you need, healing, no matter what it is, go to the Creator first, and He will dispatch whoever you need. God will send His two-thirds angels. He's not going to send one-third demons. He's not going to do that. If they didn't listen to Him, how are they going to be able to help you? That's a word to somebody. If the one-third... Look, you have... Stop fretting. Stop worrying about things. Some people out there worry. I'm talking about a lot of times when I'm talking, I'm talking to myself as well. You're not alone. I'm not alone. We need to stop worrying about things. Stop fretting and have faith in God and know that God is going to help us on his time, not ours. If you have, think about it. Let's, let's do a little math here. If you have two-thirds of the angels on your side, how can the one-third bother you? The only way they would be effective over you is if you allow them to. If you allow the one-third to be stronger because you refuse to work with the two-third, all right? That's a word for somebody. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, okay? Not, not, not the, stop using man's wisdom. Stop using your wisdom. Like I said, be careful, Google. Not to speak against or anything, but everything in Google is not always right. And in all your ways, acknowledge God, and he will direct your path. God is not a slave master. If you don't acknowledge him and if you don't want him to, he's not going to direct your path. Amen. Amen. He's not going to direct your path. Now, the demons went into the swine. When, when, they, when, they said, when, when Jesus told them to go, they went into the swine. Because swine do not have souls. They don't have souls. And not only that, well, they intended on destruction anyhow. They were destructive. 
destructive spirits do not respect anybody or anything. And after they went into the swine, they choked themselves. They ran down the hill into the water and choked themselves. Jesus wouldn't permit a possession. He wouldn't allow them to go into the bodies of the, the, of the families, of the, you know, the bodies of the families of the deceased. He wouldn't allow them to go into the bodies of the deceased because he wouldn't permit them to, uh, the demons to possess those dead bodies. Also, he wouldn't permit something like a distraction of each burial by watching the bodies of loved ones jump off the cliff. Can you imagine what, how, what, can you imagine just hearing the news about it or, or you're there and you're seeing the bodies of your loved ones jumping off the cliff because some demons, because Jesus allowed some demons to enter your loved ones, but Jesus would never do anything like that. He put the demons and the animal that Jews were not allowed to eat in the first place, okay? So Jesus is honoring, so to speak, Moses' law. Think about it, okay? He put them, he put the, 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 the spirits, evil spirits, in the bodies of the swine instead of the human bodies. So that when they jumped off the cliff, nobody would miss them anyway except for the people that was eating them, <laughs> Okay? And the Jews were raising, there were certain Jews that were raising the swine for the Romans. It was a money, it was a, they were making money. Jesus is hazard to Rome's business, right? Jesus was bad for business. And swine keepers, and they were upset about it. They were mad. Jesus maintained the law of Moses pre-crucifixion, think about it, which means he kept up with the law. Jesus, if you were reading the Bible, it says Jesus went into the temple. Jesus went into the temple. Jesus was reading in the temple. Jesus kept the law while he was living. He kept the law. And he didn't poison the Romans spiritually. No. Okay, Jesus didn't poison anybody. Can you imagine that if he, can you imagine him putting those uh, demons in the swine and allowing the uh, Romans to eat that? Jesus is never going to give you dirty food that's spiritually or naturally. I don't care who you are, where you're from. God doesn't pass out dirty food. God is clean and he is holy. You remember when God told Peter to call nothing that he made unclean. Okay, this is when things started to change. When you're reading that about Peter, and Peter said he saw a sheet, big sheet come down with a whole bunch of um, uh, animals on it, and, and, and Peter said, I'm not going to eat that, Lord. We, according to the law, we don't eat that. And God said, don't call anything that I made unclean. And if the Romans would have ate that pork, they would have been unclean. It would have been God's fault, right? See, God does nothing wrong. <laughs> he does nothing wrong. And then they would say they couldn't trust God because he was poisoning them. Jesus poisoned us. No, he didn't. They ran straight down a cliff into the water. You know, people keep trying to make Jesus look like he was mean. And Jesus kept the law of Moses while he was here. He kept the law. He danced the horror at weddings. A lot of people don't like to hear this. They're like, oh, my Jesus was serious. He didn't dance. Yes, he did dance. It was, it was there. It's, it's Jewish custom, and they still do it today. They do a dance. I believe I'm saying it correctly, the hora. Um, they dance at weddings. They drink wine at weddings. He turned over the, first, the very first uh, miracle that Jesus did. He turned water into wine, and he kept the Sabbath. He, like I said, as I said before, he read in the temple. 
But as he was reading, he made sure to say, I am come. While he was reading, I am come. Can you imagine how the people felt when they saw this young man reading the word? And he refers to himself as the one that the word is referring to. Okay. Jesus is the best food and nourishment that anyone can have. Speaking of, of, the, of communion, it is not his real blood. It is not his real flesh, much, much to the devil's chagrin. When you take communion, they are represent the, the word, the, the flesh, uh, the bread, and the wine are representations of the flesh of Jesus Christ and His blood. There are some people that say you're literally drinking His blood and eating His flesh. That's a fallacy. He's the best food and nourishment, and even His word, spiritually speaking, best nourishment you can have. Take out some time with God every day. Read the Word. Talk to Him. Turn off those games. Turn off that TV. Turn off the radio. I don't care who's listening. I don't care who's around. If they're li- listen, if they're listening, they must need the Lord. So speak to God. Talk to God. Listen to me to uh, you know uh, good music, spiritual good music to just soothe your soul. So meditate. Give God some time. And what gets me is. The people who got upset with Jesus, it says in the word, they was mad at him. They told him to leave. And he leave, he left, but he came back. They got so mad at him, which goes to show, and don't any of us do this ever, okay, that they were angry with him over fleshly matters than to concern themselves with spiritual ones. Now, here you have the Son of God coming to you that could have healed any problem that you had let's say there was four thousand swine if he wanted to if you think about it (laughs) if he wanted to jesus could have doubled it he could have gave them eight thousand so they can feed their family i mean it literally i'm just if he really really wanted to even though the jews didn't eat pork but these were for the romans he could have Healed their families. They could have invited him down to the house. He'd come down to the crib. You know, do this. <laughs> I mean, there's some people in my family that, that, that need healed. We have some problems, you know, we need you to help us with. They could have asked him for anything. Here they have the Son of God, and they are mad at him over food, over their animals. Jesus could have took the swine and gave them better food. He could have did. He could have created miracles in Rome at that time, and they were mad about pigs. That's a word. I feel like it's a word. You know, God says, "Cast not your pearls before swine, lest they turn and trample, trample them." Cast not your pearls. What they did was, they were casting. They were putting. The swine, they were respecting the swine more than they did their pearls. I'll say it that way. Amen. Just like when Jesus turned the tables in the temple. He was bad for business. Okay. Yes. The swine, he, he put the demons in the swine and the swine ran over the cliff and, 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 uh, and, and drowned themselves. He, he went into the temple and he turned the tables in the temple. They were selling in the temple, making money in God's house. And he turned the tables. Jesus is bad for business if you do it wrongly. And there are people who are in temples in God's house that are making money 
wrongly. There are people who have undercover businesses. There are people who are um, doing things that are not godly in the house of God, which can include songs, um, praise and worship that they're, they're, their clothing, look how, are how, look how churches are today. Just think about the clothes that people wear. There, I, I, there's a, I've seen a picture before where on the top of the picture, the top half of the picture are women dressed in beautiful white clothing with hats and everything on like back in the 40s. They're sitting in a pew, front pew of the church, and it's so nice. And then the second half of the picture has women with fake everything, many dresses on with their legs crossed and nine-inch high heels. That is where we have come today. And there are people in leadership position that are not holy, not just in appearances, but there are people in leadership position that make horrible decisions. They have bitterness and envy in their heart. They work against people. They're uh, jealous. Cunning is the word, just like the snake. That's got to stop. And God is going to pull the sheet off of every one of them. Fear causes people to run from being healed. Let's not run from healing. Let's not run out of fears. Jesus may not like me, you know, what if he, I don't think he, I had a man tell me one time, I said, oh yeah, years ago, and I, I asked him, I said, so when, when you come into the church, uh, you know, one of the churches that I, I pastored in, and I said, when are you coming, when you come to church, I mean, I've been knowing him for years, he told me, he said, when I clean up, I'll come to church, he, he drank real bad, I mean, to the point where he was, his outer appearance was really bad, and he said, when I clean up, I'll come to church. And to this day, he still doesn't go to church. How's about going to church and getting cleaned up? See, fear of man. He has fear of it. He's afraid. And you know, he had, sometimes there's a reason. Sometimes there's a reason people don't go to church. Because the people inside the church instill fear into them. I went to a church one time where a woman hadn't been in church in a long time. And I know her personally. A woman hadn't been to church in years, like 20 years. She did, She was feeling good. She was feeling God. We had been talking about the Lord. She's reading the word, and she said, I'm going to church Sunday. She put on a, the, oh, the best dress she had. She put on this blue dress she had. That was the best dress she had, okay? And she went to church. And do you know that same day while she was in church, Somebody in the in the pews laughed at her. No, wait. She went the first time. Okay, and that was good. She enjoyed, that's what happened. She went the first time and she enjoyed herself. So she wanted to go back the next Saturday, uh, the next Sunday. She wore the same blue dress. That was her best dress. That's all she had. She's just starting out. Okay, yeah, I know she can buy another one or get another one donated or whatever. But she wore the same blue dress the next Sunday. Somebody laughed at her because she wore that blue dress two Sundays in a row. Woman ain't been back to church since. Fear. Fear caused people to run from God. Fear causes people to run, period. And at the end of the story, we see the man was saying, look, Jesus wins every battle. Jesus does not lose. When you, you can't lose with the stuff I use. Reverend Ike used to say that years ago. You can't lose with Jesus. 
everybody else was running from the demoniacs. But at the end, verse 35, it says the man was sitting at Jesus' feet, clothed in his right mind. Jesus saved him. Jesus saved the man, okay? He didn't go back and tell people, wow, he's really bad. Oh, stay away from him. Oh, no, I got a, I got ghosts. I got up out of there. No, don't get ghosts. Don't get up out of there. Save somebody through Jesus Christ. He healed the man who wanted to follow him after this transition took place. And then he told him, he said, no, don't follow me. He said, don't come with me. He said, he sent him home as a wit, which, would, which made him an excellent witness. This man was a great witness as to what God can do. And I hope that you got something out of this today. Don't run. Stop fearing. Stop being timid. Stop being shy. Get bold in Jesus Christ. you not fleshly bold not naturally bold, but get spiritually bold, have faith in God, and know that God has got your back. God's going to back you up. As long as you are doing whatever you are doing, you are doing it as unto God. You're doing it for God's kingdom to further his kingdom. He has enough enemies. He doesn't need you to. Amen? <laughs> whatever you're doing to further God's kingdom, if you're a good speaker, that's great. If you're a good singer, that's great. If you're, if you're, um, let's say you, you don't speak as well as other people, okay? Let's say you're, you're C minus and you might not be A plus in, in people's eyes, but that's great. <laughs> you can do it. As long as you know the word, God's using you, you can speak. There's some people that like to sit up under preachers who speak and talk. And there's other people that like to sit up under preachers with a lot of sounding power, okay? <laughs> People who like to scream and shout and yell and sweat and wipe their brow, okay? But they're both doing the work of the kingdom of God. Choose you this day whom you will serve. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, accept him right now. Just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. Teach me your ways, Help me. Help me. Be my leader and be my guide and my Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And if you've just accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, welcome to the family of God. Go to a Bible-believing, tongue-talking church and learn of him, and he will not let you down. Don't run from him. Run to him. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for listening. May God bless you in all that you do for the kingdom. Amen. Amen. God is good. God is watching you. He loves you. He, he, he's not mad at you no matter what you've done. He's not mad at you. Okay? He loves you. He's a loving God. God, the Bible says, the shortest one, one of uh, I think, no, next to, uh, the shortest uh, sentence in the Bible is Jesus wept. I think there's two of them. I can't think of what that second one is. But the shortest uh, scripture in the Bible is Jesus wept. The next one to that one is three words. God is love. Amen. So the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance unto thee and give you peace.
help me. Be my leader and be my guide and my Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And if you've just accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, welcome to the family of God. Go to a Bible-believing, tongue-talking church and learn of him, and he will not let you down. Don't run from him. Run to him. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. In all that you do for the kingdom, amen, amen, God is good, God is watching you, he loves you, he do, he, he's not mad at you, no matter what you've done, he's not mad at you, okay, he loves you, he's a loving God, God, the Bible says, the shortest one, one of, uh, I think, no, next to, uh, the shortest uh Sentence in the Bible is Jesus wept. I think there's two of them. I can't think of what the second one is. But the shortest uh, scripture in the Bible is Jesus wept. The next one to that one is three words. God is love. Amen. So the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance unto thee and give you peace. Help me. Be my leader and be my guide and my Lord. I feel like it's a word. You know, God says, cast not your pearls before swine, lest they turn and trample, trample them. Cast not your pearls. What they did was they were casting They were putting the swine, they were respecting the swine more than they did their pearls. I'll say it that way. Amen. Just like when Jesus turned the tables in the temple. He was bad for business. Okay, yes, the swine, he, he put the demons in the swine, and the swine ran over the cliff and, 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 uh, and, and drowned themselves. He, he went into the temple, and he turned the tables in the temple. They were selling in the temple, making money in God's house. And he turned the tables. Jesus is bad for business. If you do it wrongly, And there are people who are in temples in God's house that are making, that if he, can you imagine him putting those uh, demons in the swine and allowing the uh, Romans to eat that? Jesus is never going to give you dirty food that's spiritually or naturally. I don't care who you are, where you're from. God doesn't pass out dirty food. God is clean, and he is holy. You remember when God told Peter to call nothing that he made unclean? Okay, this is when things started to change. When you're reading that about Peter, and Peter said he saw a, a sheet, big sheet come down with a whole bunch of um, uh, animals on it, and, and, and Peter said, I'm not going to eat that, Lord. 
According to the law, we don't need that. And God said, don't call anything that I made unclean. And if the Romans would have ate that pork, they would have been unclean. It would have been God's fault, right? See? God does nothing wrong. (laughs) He does nothing wrong. And then they would say they couldn't trust God because he was poisoning them. Jesus poisoned us. No, he didn't. They ran straight down a cliff into the water. Amen. You know, people keep trying to make Jesus look like he was mean. And Jesus kept the law of Moses while he was here. He kept the law. Okay? He danced the horror at weddings. A lot of people don't like to hear this. They're like, oh, my Jesus was serious. He didn't dance. Yes, he did dance. It was, it was there. It's, it's Jewish custom, and they still do it today. They do a dance. I believe I'm saying it correctly, the hora. Um, they dance at weddings. They drink wine at weddings. He turned over the, first, the very first uh, miracle that Jesus did. He turned water into wine. And he kept the Sabbath. He read, like as I said before, he read in the temple. But as he was reading, he made sure to say, I am come. While he was reading, I am come. Can you imagine how the people felt when they saw this young man reading the word? And he refers to himself as the one that the word is referring to. Okay. Jesus is the best food and nourishment that anyone can have. Speaking of, of, the, of communion, it is not his real blood. It is not his real flesh, much, much to the devil's chagrin. When you take communion, they, this man was tortured. He was cutting himself, and none of he, he he wasn't cutting he wasn't cutting his throat. He wasn't trying to kill himself because most of it, I know nakedness makes humans ashamed, make me ashamed. Even a three or four year old child, when a child's sitting on a potty chair and you walk in on them and they say, "No, not now, mommy, I'm naked." You know, I'm naked. The kid knows they're naked. They don't even want their parents to see them with no clothes on. Three or four years old. And this man's grown man with no clothes on. This goes to show that the enemy will expose your shame. Think about that in your life. The enemy will for years. And I would scratch them. And I would scratch my hands until they cracked open and busted open and start bleeding. And I had to run my hands under hot water to stop them from itching. And my hands were so bad that when I went to school, kids would tease me. They said, ooh, is that catchy? And I said, no, it's not. It's dermatitis. And I would put my hands underneath my thighs while I was sitting in a chair to hide them from people. I was afraid for people to see my hands. To this day, the skin on my hands look older. It looks older than what it's supposed to be because I ran so much hot water over my skin when I was younger. He wasn't afraid. Shouldn't we be like him as well? When people say that, they're showing fear. What is wrong 
with casting that spirit out of the person that you were talking about. You know, you don't have to scream and shout. You can say it under your breath. You have the power of God in you. And what you bind on earth is bound in heaven, and what you uh, loose on earth is loosed in heaven. If somebody has an odd spirit, you believe somebody has an odd spirit, bind it. Bind it quickly and keep it moving. Hold a, hold a conversation. Talk about what you're going to talk about. You know, we show too much with timidity, too much fear. Okay? Uh, God's people, God's true people who believe in him, it depends on your belief. God's true people believe in the power of God. You're not afraid to touch somebody with measles thinking that you're going to get them as well. This, you know, a lot of you, and I've heard, I've heard people say, I just want to heal. I want to heal people. Okay? I want to be a healer. How are you going to be a healer if you are afraid to go around people that have flus, colds, coughs? How are you going to be a healer if you're afraid to touch somebody with dermatitis? Or, or some kind of skin condition. How are you? I remember there was times where we didn't even know here in America we could drink out of the same pop bottle behind somebody that had AIDS. How are you going to be a healer with fear? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I, I hate to say this, but uh, there's a lot of, uh, I can say a lot in this instance, there's a, there's been a lot of preachers throughout the years that called themselves healers and have been exposed to be fakes and frauds. They weren't really healing at all. There, there's one preacher used to come on TV years ago, and he healed people. And after he healed them, he would have their liver in his hand, and and then he would have their heart in his hand. He always showed what he, you know, it, it, it was odd. And sure enough, a, a company came along. One of those television production companies came along, like 2020 or something. I forget who it was. It came along, and and they had secret cameras and everything, and exposed him. They found out this man. I almost hate to tell this story, but it's a true story. This man, I won't mention his name. In fact, there was more than just one. But they went, they had hidden cameras and found out this man was literally showing animal livers, animal parts. And he had gotten parts from different places, various places, and was showing to people their liver and their lungs. And they, it makes you wonder how people get away with this. And then they sent the people. They sent the ones that were allegedly healed. They sent them to the doctors, and the doctors found out that they were still sick. The people weren't even healed. So be careful of those people who say they have healing power. Everybody that says they have it doesn't have it. You will know when God heals you. Just like my dermatitis. I had dermatitis on my hands when I was a little kid. And it was so bad, I would get like clear bumps on my hands. And it would itch really, really bad. It's like having poison oak all of your life for years. And I would scratch them. 
And I would scratch my hands until they cracked open and busted open and start bleeding. And I had to run my hands under hot water to stop them from itching. And my hands were so bad that when I went to school, kids would tease me. They said, ooh, is that catchy? And I said, no, it's not. It's dermatitis. And I would put my hands underneath my thighs while I was sitting in a chair to hide them from people. I was afraid for people to see my hands. To this day, the skin on my hands look older. It looks older than what it's supposed to be because I ran so much hot water over my skin when I was younger. But then I prayed to God. I was fasting one time, and I prayed to God. And I said, Lord, please get rid of this dermatitis. I buy this dermatitis in Jesus' name. And I said, I've had this too long, and I am your child, and I know you don't want me to have this. And sure enough, I looked at my hands. When people say this happened immediately, they're not lying. I looked at my hands, and a dermatitis was gone, and my hands were clear as I stood in that church. It happened that fast. God is a healer. When God heals you, you don't need anybody else to tell you that you were healed. You are healed. Now, let's talk about a devil's appearance. Now, when someone, if you've ever noticed someone who's mentally insane, I mean, we're speaking of insanity here. They have a wild appearance. So you can imagine that this demoniac, he just, he looked wild. He just had a wild appearance, wide, shifty eyes, wide eyes, okay? You'll notice if you see a person who's uh, kind of nervous and their eyes shift back and 